No, no, no punter on TV will ever get a job again. <laughs> Dreadful. Dumb and dumb, I'd call Welcome back to episode 13 of the 40 Yard Switch. Lucky number 13, hopefully, today. And yeah, as always, I am your host, Woodson, and joined alongside me, as always, the ever-dependable Wilby. How are you today? Yeah, I'm going well. <laughs> Loving the action this week. Yeah, uh, I had a question posed to me uh, after the England game that was, is, is this possibly the best round of knockout football that we can remember? I reckon. I reckon it's definitely the best I can remember. Um it definitely started slowly, though, as as we'll get into. But yeah, it it really kicked off after that, like on the third day, I reckon. Yeah, um, just like stories everywhere, upsets, extra time, penalties, red cards, missed penalties. Yeah, it, it had it all. It really did have it all. Um, so where did, where should we start? Where should we start? Italy, Italy, Austria. Yeah, let's let's start. Right, we'll kick it off. We'll kick it off with this one, which is which is. Italy beats Austria 2-1 in all the three goals coming in extra time. Uh, overall, a pretty boring 90 minutes, if I have to say. I, I only, want, truth be told, watched the mini-match, and even that was... Yeah, I mean, it was, it, it was definitely a little bit slow, slow in regulation time. I, I suppose the um, redeeming feature was that you know, it had all that action in, in extra time. But at the end of the day, it was the sort of predictable outcome. That, yeah. that you would have guessed. It was surprising that Italy struggled to break down Austria. Yeah. I think we both predicted 2-1. I'm pretty sure. I can't remember. Oh, it doesn't matter. We'll to, you'll have to... Li- dedicated fans will have to listen back and correct us if we didn't get the one right. But, but yeah, um, not fully convincing. Yeah. And also I feel like the... The, the first... Like, I know Switzerland, which, which we'll get onto later, are now you know looking like a decent team. But... No one really put up a fight in their group stage for Italy, and the first real test they came up against against a decent outfit in Austria, better than I thought Austria would be so far this Euros. They struggled. Uh, I, I I feel like we're yet to see Italy really tested, and I feel like next game, and it sucks that uh, Belgium aren't going to be full strength next game, but like next game will be really the real test to see if all this hype around them, the twenty nine games with only one loss or unbeaten or whatever it is. We'll see if that can really come to fruition and and, and end in like a good uh, tournament run. Because at the moment, I'm I'm less convinced than I was after the group stage. I was I was all hot for them after the group stage, but I don't know. Yeah, because yeah, in, in the group stage, even though they hadn't been tested, they were doing it, you know, convincingly. Yeah. A couple three nils. And a, a good win against a, a, a very decent um, Wales side. So, yeah, I mean Austria are a good team as well, and they got the job done. But yeah, I, I know what you mean. It doesn't really seem. Yeah, there doesn't seem to be quite as much hype around Italy as as there was. Interesting, from interesting. Where I stand. Yeah, interestingly too was they they dropped Locatelli for Verratti this game. So it was Verratti, Jorginho, and Nico Barella in midfield. And I feel like that like. I just feel like that overall hurt them. Like I, I guess because I, I feel like to Mancini, Locatelli, and Verratti play the same position, but I don't understand how you can't fit them both into the team. Like I he's think, been a standout player over the first two games. Yeah, but I think if you have to choose between them, 
Verratti mm. is, especially. I think he had some crazy stats in the in the in the Wells game. Yeah, he was like really some, good. something ridiculous. Um, so yeah, but like, do because like I, I I know Nico Barella is also a very good player, but do and also I also feel like they brought Locatelli on in the second half, and it probably changed for the better in the long run for them uh, over the course of the game. I, I do think maybe against a Belgium, you take out a. Uh, Barella for Locatelli maybe just because he's the form player but I don't know I, 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 again I'm not a manager but yeah it's 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 hard when they when they play similar similar positions I mean yeah it's nice to be spoiled for choice but it also creates issues But and yeah despite the fact that they're not looking you know blow the house down quality with results that have happened over in this crazy uh, run of days they're starting to emerge as favourites now I would say <laughs> Yeah, I, I would say so, and and again, it, it it comes back to they probably look like more more favourites when the when the group stage finished, and after this game, it looks less convincing. But yeah, with with the other crazy results that happened, yeah. <laughs> um, they're definitely one of the front runners. Yeah, my, for sure. My final thoughts on this game was Spinazzola got his second player of the tournament or star of the match. Uh, <laughs> um, second player of the match uh, for the tournament. And he could be a dark horse now to win player of the tournament. If, if Italy go deep and he keeps playing well, it'll be the first time a defender's won it in quite a while. Mm. Yeah, no, he looks, he, he looks very good. He looks solid. So, Nothing more to add. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah Jesus, good. Uh, secondly, yeah, Belgium-Portugal. This is probably the one mm, of, the, of, the, of, the, of the round, I'd say. Yeah, watch, watch all of this one and it was just... For, for all the attacking talent in both of these teams, it was like incredibly disappointing. Yeah, you you've you've said that you regret waking up early to watch this one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was tired for the rest of the day, and uh, no payoff, and it wasn't even worth it. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It was also obviously the big talking points for Belgium is that De Bruyne and um, Eden Hazard came off injured, and they will miss according to Roberto Martinez the quarterfinal. Oh, they will. It. Yeah, that's, yeah. So. It's it's again in terms of I want to see Italy play the best and beat the best, you know, just so I can see that they're the real deal. Playing Belgium without two of their top five players. Yeah, would did you reckon they would have preferred to go in without Eden or Torgan? I think from a defensive standpoint, Torgan. Yeah. Even though think, even I though he generally. did score a good goal for like the only goal in this game, but I just think defensively Torgan. I also feel like. like Based on this season at club level, yeah, you'd definitely say Torgan. But I feel like since Eden Hazard, he didn't start initially because he was injured, but like the last game of the group stage and then this game before he went off, he was looking really sharp. Yeah, there, there were a few moments in that, in that second half before he, before he came off injured where he started to look like that. But I think generally on the club form and on the, on the international form up until this point, Torgan has looked, yeah. looked better. I also feel like with Eden Hazard, it's not... Like it's not the same ability, but you can also bring in Dries Mertens for him if he's out. I feel like Kevin De Bruyne is the one that's impossible to replace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We saw. Yeah, we've talked about it. The the difference he made when he came on against against Denmark in that second group stage game. Yeah, it's it's just such a shame for the whole tournament as a whole that he hasn't been right pretty much the entire time. He's had a game and a half where he's been fit. Yeah. So. Yeah. Extremely disappointing. But yeah, I, I would say for this game, both teams. Like weirdly and quite uninspiringly poor, 
Like, uh, it's round of 16 over a major tournament that only happens every four years, and they just didn't look... Like, Portugal, to their credit, like, after going behind in the second half, stepped it up, hit the post, drew a couple of big saves. But again, like, it was, a, it was a bit sort of like, where was this all fir- Where was this all first half, and where was this for most of the game? Yeah. And Belgium, yeah, once they went 1-0 up, just played so negatively. Like, yeah, I, it, was, it was all Portugal in that last, like, 10 to... 15 to 20 minutes... And yeah, I mean, Belgium defended well, but it's not really what you want to see when you've got so much. And their attacking talent, attacking talent is much better than their defensive defensive structure. So yeah, I think Lukaku as well was disappointing, underwhelming. Yeah, just there was there was lots of those moments which I've seen quite a lot of Lukaku, where his, his touch lets him down, and then he starts getting frustrated, starts yelling at other players for not passing to him. It's just. And yeah, and he, like he, he didn't look good. He keeps saying like, "Give the ball to my feet." And it's like, mate, you're 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 a big, fast, quick striker. Like, why why are you scared to get balls played in over the top and run after them? Like, and it's not like Portugal have this amazing defense either. So like, yeah, and I mean, to be fair, he's he's better the hold up play. So getting the ball into his feet is ideal. But they they, they tried that a lot, and I suppose it didn't. I mean, it worked for the goal, <laughs> but it's good to switch it up. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, uh, over, overall underwhelming and Belgium severely, uh, what's the word, hamstrung, conveniently, because he has actually injured his uh, hamstring for the game against uh, Italy. Very clever. <laughs> I wasn't even trying to do that. Um, next, we've got the Netherlands versus the Czech Republic. And, and this is yeah, the first of what was a few big upsets. This was a good one. This, this, was, a, this yeah. was awesome. We watched this delayed uh, around dinner time the next day, and yeah, this was really good. A little um, brain fart from Maddie Delit. Yeah, and for me, this is inexcusable. I've watched it time yeah. and time again. Like, you cannot be a starting centre back for a, for Juventus and one of the best young talents in the world and do that. He's almost like I feel like he's a player from like a different generation. You know what I mean? He's very like I don't know, one of these very tough no-nonsense centre-halves that... And, like, I, I think that that handball that he did is, like, something you might have seen at the World Cup a while ago when yeah. there wasn't so much, you know, video refereeing involved. Yeah, but, and again, I agree. But then it's, like, how do you not have, like, the wherewithal and, like, in your head to realise that there's cameras everywhere in VAR? I think sometimes in those moments, though, just, like, your general, you know, all that desire to win the game and stop the ball from... You know, um, getting an advantage love, to the other team. Yeah, a la Suarez in the exactly. World Cup. Yeah. Like it's all, it's it was almost just a reaction. Like he can see that the advantage was going to the Czech player. I can't remember who it was. <laughs> I was Schick, but yeah, uh, but yeah. Ultimately, he goes up in the fifty eighth minute. They score in the sixty second and then the eightieth minute. I mean, I, I, I'm not saying Netherlands were playing overly amazingly, but they they dominated the most of the first half, and that game, like the game, just turned on and turned on a some of it turns a lot. I don't know. I haven't got any metaphors in my head. A dime? Turn on a dime. Yes, there we go. I think that's a slightly different metaphor. But anyway. Yeah, but t- turn on a dime. Um, we, we'll go run with it. Uh, and then, yeah, Holej, who ended up winning player of the match, was really good in that midfield next to Socek and Schick with the goals. And, yeah, I feel like, I don't know, like in terms of like adjusting to a team going, uh, to going a man up, Czech Republic was like, Regimented like they went there, like they weathered a storm and it was a storm because they uh Dutch were on top for a long time. But as soon as that red card happened and they had that moment to seize their opportunity, they did it. And credit to them, 
Yeah, I think generally speaking, they've managed games really well at, at this tournament. Um, done really well, but yeah, it was. I mean, it could have gone a lot differently. Um, Netherlands could have easily scored when they're on top in, in the first three quarters of the game, but full credit Czech Republic. It's it's a, it's an awesome run. Yeah, very and di- very surprising. Although yeah, disappointing for a Netherlands team that would impress so much in the group stage to go out with somewhat of a whimper. Yeah, I th- I think something that's had been said of them though that they didn't have a particularly tough group and they were kind of had, again had it been tested. True. So. This is true. All right, well then, moving on to even more of a team going out with the whimper. Uh, Wales losing 4-0 to Denmark. This was... This was I, I, I think we all saw this coming. Like Denmark are a much better team than Wales. And their star players, Wales, could have been better. But like, yeah, and I don't think anyone's expected quite the drubbing that it was. But like, Denmark were up for it, fired up, had better players all over the pitch in it show. I think I think something that we said last week was that Wales were like a, a two man team and Denmark were a unit, um, and I think that was that that was the thing that that turned the game. But Bale didn't have a good game, and that's that's it done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like your best player and your captain has to have a good game for Wales if you're going to win that game. Yeah, and they they got absolutely wiped to the floor with Casper Dolberg, who won Player of the Match, two goals. I, he'd been uninspiring when he'd come off the bench so far, but then he looked good in the place of Poulsen starting up front. Yeah, the, that first goal was was class, class finish, and the second one, even though Neko Williams passes in the ball in the six yard box, he still gets it at his feet quick, and it's a nice finish. So. Is, yeah, uh, another player who I who um, who played really well, and I thought could be one player of the match, and is a player. Who I would like to see Arsenal sign in the future is Mailer. He was bombing all and up and down that left flank as like a left wing back almost, and then even switched to the right when they brought another player on. And he was incredible. Like he, he just non-stop energy assisted one of the goals, got a goal himself. Like he was really good. And um, yeah, I just thought I just thought he was incredible. Yeah, he looked he he, he did look good. <laughs> but yeah, um, at, at, at wing back, yeah, he looked he looked class. Got a goal too. Well, last thing I'll say is I wouldn't be surprised if Denmark make the final just because of like the story, the motivation, like like the momentum as well. Who would they go? Czech, Czech Republic. Czech Republic, and then if and then, and then if we England <laughs> win our uh, uh, final and, and they win quarter final and they win their quarter final, they I like I'd be worried to play them. I'd be nervous to play them. Yeah, just the momentum behind them. Yeah. Um, even if it is, even if it is at Wembley, like yeah, yeah, they'll be so up for it. Exciting stuff. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll get to the we'll get uh, to the quarterfinals we'll get, later. Yeah, we we'll get to the quarterfinals later. All right, finally, this is where the like what was already entertaining uh, round of sixteen went lids off, just completely insane. Kicked off. All right, uh, we'll start with the game that was first on that crazy day: Croatia versus Spain. Uh, where do we even begin? Um, I guess they with that uh, own goal. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, I think it went down as a Pedri own goal, but yeah, Unai Simon. I'm not, I'm not sure. Like I'm not sure what happened. There. Yeah, there's there's been a bit of talk floating around that like, like why is Pedri like absolutely fizzed at him? But it's like, bro, you're a keeper with at an international tournament. Like you cannot and will not, and uh, not will not. You cannot let that 
go in. Like he had so much time to just control it. Like yeah, it's, it doesn't matter how hard it's fizzed when it's come from that far and you have watched it the whole time. Yeah. you get your body behind the ball. It's yeah, it's not, not even like he was under pressure and had to get out of his feet quickly. He was in so much time. Like yeah. uh, this argument that like oh Pedri fizzes at him and like you know maybe should have kicked it like so it was curling away from the goal. Like I know you're taught to do that, but like it's just like none of the blame is on Pedri for this, and I'm I'm annoyed it even went down to his own goal because it did touch Simon's foot, Simon's foot. Yeah, yeah, got that slight touch, but he, he just completely misjudged it, and it's not not Pedri's fault at all. But I suppose these things just get analysed to the to the nth degree. To the nth degree. <laughs> uh, but then, yeah, a good, really good response from Spain. Um, uh, Sarabia scoring, and then as as scoring, and then somewhat of a controversial goal for the third one. Uh, we've talked about this a little bit off air. The Ferran Torres. Uh, there was an injury for Spain, and then. Uh, it was resolved, he went off the pitch, the ref blew his whistle, and the Croatia players, you could say they were asleep, but hadn't really set up yet. One long ball, which is admittedly a very good long ball from America Laporte across the pitch, Ferran Torres is in and he scores. There is definitely an argument for, um, it's a bit unsportsmanlike, but I, I, like I've said before off air, I feel like once the ref blows the whistle, you've got to be switched on. Yeah, I think my, my initial reaction was, they've taken that too quickly and it's a bit like it's a bit dodgy but the the other thing is like you say once that whistle has been blown you need to take every advantage you can get in a in a major tournament in a in a round of in a knockout game so you can't really blame them but there is definitely an element of Croatia yeah. weren't ready yeah. like I think the, the players came over for a drink or something while, while the Spanish player was injured um, and they were sort of yeah. in the midst of like jogging back to their positions yeah they were walking but probably it's not, not, it's not, it's not, it's not like the whole team was like on the sideline but they were like in the midst of walking back yeah, yeah. and yeah because it went to the far side where they the opposite side they'd gone to Have a drink, for the yeah. drinks so, yeah. yeah it's a little bit dodgy but yeah. it was a good finish by Fernando Torres and a good ball across to him so yeah so then yeah Fernando Torres puts them 3-1 up and then I'm thinking, all right, Croatia, like the only time, the only reason they scored was because of a crazy own goal. Spain have now put three past them. Like this is where we, this is where we see it all uh, fall apart and Spain's going to win convincingly. But they bring on Miroslav Orsic, the king of comebacks himself, and he scores and assists two goals in the last seven minutes of normal time to bring it back to three all. And then yeah, extra time. It was it was incredible. It was incredible. And yeah, the the ball ba- barely crossed the line for that for that second one. Um, and yeah, great great ball in for the last one for Plas Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then yeah, extra time. A credit to Murata, I feel like like he's come under so much stick, and that was an incredibly well taken goal. Yeah. I feel like. And then uh, the most Spanish-sounding name you'll hear at this year is Oyathabal. Uh, um, scores to make it 5-3. One thing I will say about this game, but to, like credit to Croatia, but the manner in which Spain conceded those last two goals in the last seven minutes just shows a mental fragility for me. Mm. I mean, like you can say it shows a mental strength to like win after they went to extra time, but like Croatia were dead in the water after, and you could see that they barely had anything left. I just think that like like. Such a like it was it was like it, it was a good cross, but like he was my, so free, and also the way that Modric was just allowed to dribble into the box like that for that last one. Yeah, it was it was bad. It was, a bit, it was soft. It was, the, it was the throw, right? Yeah, it yeah. was it was soft, and I feel like like that 
soft or fragility will mean could, could uh, have them undone later in the tournament. It has been evident earlier in the tournament too. Like even when they dominated, like their most dominant game against Sweden, there were moments um, where it, uh, Isak could have scored on on two occasions. So they've definitely got that to them, but they're also starting to show that they can be like really dominant and score lots, lots and lots of goals. Yeah, because. Ten goals, ten goals in two game in their last two games. Yeah, that's is insane. ridiculous. <laughs> uh, another thing I will say, um, I noticed it a little bit watching this game, but I obviously didn't notice it enough to um, until I saw that uh, he won Player of the Match. Busquets was really solid, like just just his typical like receive the ball and you think he's about to get pressed and he just does like a little touch and gets away. Like there's montages for days of him doing it on YouTube. I think he I think he came off. Before they copped both goals, right? And they brought Rodri on. Yeah. Yeah. That's... I, I think we've spoken about this before when we are talking about the Premier League. Rodri, I'm not sure how good he is. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, it's just like... It's it's just, it, it's like they bought him because obviously Fernandinho is getting younger, isn't getting any younger. But then yet, Fer, like, Fernandinho just signed an extension because clearly... I think that's clearly like a vote of no faith in Rodri, if I'm honest. Mm. Yeah. But, like... I think it's it'll def- it's definitely the case that um, Spain will be less um, defensively solid with him on the pitch. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but I also think like if it was Busquets was tired, then that's a worry. But if it was a tactical change to bring Rodri on, then that's also a worry because like why are you taking your captain and your be- and one of your best players off with yeah. five minutes to go? I guess maybe you were three one up. You thought you you could see it out and give Busquets a rest, but I don't know. That's that's again a bit naive. True, but yeah, like given his age, there does need to be an element of player management going on. Yeah, true. And, and another player was interesting. Did you see Azpilicueta in the last few minutes of extra time? No. He was absolutely <laughs> gassed. <laughs> like hands on knees, bent over. Yeah, it didn't, didn't look Does it look quite warm in Copenhagen that day? Yeah. yeah. I think it's been warm generally, but yeah, he looked... Stress on the word warm, not hot, like all these British yeah. uh, pundits keep saying. <laughs> It's 25 degrees, mate. Chill out. Scorcher. <laughs> All right. And then uh, what was the game of the round, possibly even the game of the tournament for me? Uh, France versus Switzerland. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. So, yeah. Th- uh, th- uh, three all. Uh, the Swiss win 5-4 on penalties. Um, it was a weird game. Like, France came out, like, so lackluster that, like... They just—I don't know if they thought they, the game was going to be easy or if like they just were shocked by how like the energy of Switzerland. Switzerland thoroughly the better team in the first half went one nil up, um, and then like it took the Swiss missing a penalty in the second half for France to be like, oh my god, shit, we might actually like lose this game. And then they just played like the world champions they are for about twenty minutes. And then it just Benzema, yeah, Benzema scored two goals. Pogba scores one of the goals of the tournament. And then they just—I don't know what happened. Like yeah. it was—it was bizarre because it did look so amazing when when Benzema scored those two amazing goals and Pogba just complete worldy. But yeah, like, I, I think to, to be that leaky at the back as well with the players with those centre backs is—I don't know. Yeah, must be something to do with the coaching or something. Because people were saying um, it was oh like they were, they didn't have a left back. That's why like they weren't fully strength. Like like they had two goals come. No, they had one goal come from the left, the the one to make it three two. But apart from that, the other goal came from the right, and the other goal came through the middle. Like, yeah, like 
doesn't like Rabio wasn't at fault for like probably any of the goals at left back. And it's just like, but yeah, credit to Switzerland for um, just sticking with it. Like that's all I can say. Yeah, they definitely didn't show that in 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 the group stage. No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where it came from, but that was that was awesome. But that third one went in so late. Yeah, crazy. And granite and whoops. <laughs> funny story about this game. I'm watching the full game on replay, like in the middle of the day. Whoop was working in his office, and obviously he's got to work. He can't to take two hours out of the day to watch the game no. um, and so every- I'd like to <laughs> <laughs> it would be great uh, so every time a goal would, uh, would be scored I would obviously go off and then I'd rewind in about 20 seconds so he could come out and watch the goal and then he'd go back into his room so there was a lot of that for an hour and a half <laughs> but it was fun it was fun uh, one thing the last thing I will last- made work more interesting <laughs> yeah <laughs> two more things that- last two things I will say uh, Granite Shaka player of the match hopefully I, 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 he's incredible for his country and I hope that drives his price up for whatever team buys him buys uh, him off us this transfer window Arsenal might do some business for, for once yeah I know <laughs> and uh, lastly I just want to say for everyone out there uh, um, about three penalties before Mbappe took his penalty I, I called it saying he was going to miss I can confirm that as well yeah uh, so yeah put some respect <laughs> on my name yeah I think that's just such a big moment for such a you know one of the biggest players um, in the world missing such a such a big penalty is yeah, and I think it was a historic moment. It was it was a, it was I think it was just like a metaphor for his whole tournament. No goals, no assists. Play, had played badly and missed two really clear cut chances in that game alone. Yeah, I just, I just hope because there's there's also been a few reports reports like recently about him potentially getting a little bit too cocky and like you know he's because he's now this amazing talent. I do think this will humble him a bit, and I hope he comes back a hungrier, better player for it. Because everyone wants to see him reach his full potential. Yeah, I think I think the other thing is it is it's it's hard. Like he's still quite young, and there's still a lot of pressure be, being put on him. So, but yeah, at the end of the day, he he went missing a lot in in games in this tournament, and he missed a very important penalty. So. Yeah, my pick for the golden boot. <laughs> I picked Thomas Muller. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we're both looking like bugs. <laughs> Although, at least your pick scored one goal. Yeah. <laughs> Still not great. Not great. Uh, all right. But yeah, uh, huge. The huge. penultimate game, because uh, actually it was, play- it was played after the game we're going to talk about last, but Sweden versus Ukraine. Yeah. Um, just Zinchenko. Yeah. I reckon in- in- incredible. Player of the match or star of the match, that, uh, Zinchenko. Uh, I-, I do think Fel- Forsberg... Hard done by not to score that absolute, what would have been, go- and what would have been even better than the Christensen goal for me, that goal where he dribbles past two and curls it into the top corner. Yeah. That was ridiculous, and that deserved to be a winner, because that was, that was at one all, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I wish I wish that one went in. But it wasn't, and yeah, uh, then, was it in extra time, or was it before in the, in the regular time when they got the red card? I'm not actually too sure. I think it might have been just after... Um, Extra time started, but yeah, no, it was in it was in extra time. It was in extra time. So yeah, the Danielson gets a red card in the first half of extra time, and then Sweden hold out until literally the last minute of added time. Heartbreak, but again, drama. Yeah. What, what was just in, has been an incredible round of sixteen. Yeah, that that, that was awesome. Yeah. Also, yeah, Zinchenko's f- first goal was great. Like you could argue that. Um, Olsen, mm-hmm. Olsen should should do a little bit better, but yeah, the it ball across so hard, yeah. and it's yeah, you, you can't react that quickly. The um, two players that combine for that goal will be the two players for England to watch in yeah the next game, I reckon. And which we, brings us to we can shut them down, no worries. <laughs> yeah, which brings us to 
the game. I, I, I know, like, hey, France, Switzerland, Croatia, Spain, whatever. But I had the most fun watching England versus fucking Germany. And I am I will now say on record that I am 100% believing that it might be coming home. It looks like it. There's a, there's, there's a very clear path to the final. Um, and yeah, there's just the momentum. I think after the Scotland game, there was sort of a, a drop in belief that we could do it. But after beating Germany for the first time since... Um, in, in a tournament since 1966 is yeah and just 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 beating a big team in a knockout tournament yeah. like a team that's considered in like the top 10 yeah uh, in world football yeah, at a major tournament is just huge for us and I just feel like we've, we've we've criticized him on this podcast before and on his team selection and just the general way he plays but he got it absolutely spot on today oh not today a couple of days ago <laughs> um, but yeah like defense, like set set up three uh, three at the back and wing backs to back combat the way Germany plays with three at the back and wing backs. Um, like Germany had some chances, but they were always going to have chances. They're a good team, although on, on the over the course of the game they maybe were a little bit underwhelming, but still. Uh, and then yeah, when at the at the sixty seventy minute mark, he brings on his creative super sub in Jack Jack Grealish, who changed the game. And yeah, just a, just a really great performance. Still haven't conceded a goal. Only team to have not conceded a goal so far in these Euros. Yeah, it was huge. I, th- I think last week we, we said if he goes to a back three, I'm going <laughs> to be so uh, annoyed. But um, yeah, he, he got 100% right. Um, yeah, I think Pickford, Maguire and Luke Shaw were all just incredible. Um, and Sterling again with another goal. You can't say enough about Sterling. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, I think it's, it's great to see a lot of players and, and Southgate as well sort of copying so much criticism and just wearing it and... Um, getting vindicated exactly yeah. vindication <laughs> uh, another thing I will say is I, I've, I've, I was talking to some friends of mine after the, after the game about this admittedly one of them was a, a, a somewhat of a salty German fan um, <laughs> that like there's this like sort of thing around England's runs it's like oh we, we were in an easy group and Germany weren't that good it's like I don't want to fucking hear it like <laughs> Like Croatia pushed Germany Spain. Germany are good too. Yeah, Croatia pushed Spain all the way in what was one of the games of the tournament. It clearly, clearly looked good enough to be where they are. Um, the Czech Republic have just knocked out another really good team in the Dutch. Admittedly, with ten men, still I don't want to hear it. They, they, they're a good team, and we, and we beat both of them, and then we've beat Germany. Who I don't care. Maybe they're not as good as they once were, and they need a new coach. It's still Germany. We still beat them. I don't want to hear this bullshit that we haven't played good teams because we have and we beat them. Yeah, you you can't say Germany are bad. Like we we, we went through their squad in, in in that preview episode for the Euros. It's stacked, and to to beat a, a team of that quality, no, no matter how bad their manager is, um, yeah, yeah, it's a great performance. It's a great performance, and yeah, um, so we'll, so we'll now flip that and we'll go back the way we came and we'll look to the quarterfinals so we'll start with England-Ukraine just here uh, I th- I'm, I'm quietly confident with this game like, this is typically a game we could slip up against but I just feel like the, the professionalism we've played with so far will will carry over into this game like, the, like you heard it from in all the match interviews like we're not done here we've got a game Saturday yeah the, the, the mentality the mentality for sure seems right I, I suppose it just go back to the other game that we were sort of expected to win this tournament against Scotland and we didn't really show up for that one so it's a very different challenge to the Germany game um, because we are expected to win but I'm also quietly confident yeah. I think you know the Zinchenko can be shut down in in um, in midfield 
and Yarmolenko. Like our fullbacks have been great this tournament. Absolutely, one of the best parts of the team. So I think Yarmolenko can be shut down. And too. I also feel like the two their two best players play in the Premier League, so our whole team will have will be used to playing against them. Yeah, yeah. I also think that Southgate, as much as we criticize him, he he picks teams to be to to go against like to to match up well against uh the team that that he's going to play. So I think he will revert back to a back four because uh the Ukraine play a back four. So yeah, uh and so and then but one thing I will see I do think because I thought the yellow card thing uh like reset after the round of 16 actually resets after the quarterfinals. So we've got Rice and Phillips on yellow card. So I do think Henderson comes in for one of them. Yeah. Who would you I would, I would, I would drop Phillips just because uh, I feel like we still need that defensive screen, and uh, Deck and Rice. And Rice has been that. Yeah, I mean, Phillips, Phillips can, can be, be that, that, but yeah. I feel like Rice is just very good at breaking up the play and then giving it to um, Henderson. Mm. Um, I also just feel like Phillips does more, uh, even though Rice was cramping. I feel like Phillips does more work all over the pitch. I suppose it's, and it's also a thing of who you want in a bigger semi-final as well yeah which is probably Phillips you probably want Phillips um, yeah yeah. It, w- it was interesting to hear Southgate talking after the game about um, talking about playing three at the back in, in previous games and he, and he sort of talked about it as um, something that they were trying in, in qualifying and, um, in, and, and for like sort of friendly matches and I thought that was really interesting because I thought that was just his, his system um, and like you said he's been really good at changing it around to, to match teams so yeah definitely and I, I also was like how hey how are we going to switch to a uh formation that we haven't played all tournament but then clearly they've trained it so like and, yeah. and you could tell that they had now he's done well all right he's def- probably not getting sacked at the end of the day i don't think he's getting sacked. <laughs> and to be honest i don't like i'll eat my words and i say i probably don't want him to either uh all right so moving on the next uh what game i've got here is switzerland versus spain and I think this would have been a much closer game if they had Granite Xhaka, but he got a yellow card against France and he'll miss this game. So it'll be, I think Spain will be a little too good for him. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think Spain will be maybe a little bit of reality check as, as well in, the, in that last, those last few minutes against Croatia, um, that they can be like more on alert because of that. Um, and yeah. I think if they shore things up defensively, they are just amazing going forward. Yeah, and can just hold the ball and move the ball like no other team in this yeah. tournament. Sarabia, Pedri sort of hitting their stride. It's crazy he's 18, Pedri. Oh yeah, my I can't God, I couldn't. It. I thought he was like 22 and I looked him up and he was 18. I'm like, Yeah, because what? the thing, that's he's been around for a while, right? Yeah. As well. Like his name's been around. Yeah, he's, he's, he's awesome. He's ridiculous. Also, the other thing is, Hopefully, Murata has a little bit of confidence and can start finishing those chances that he always gets gets himself into. Um, yeah. yeah, I think Spain. Yeah, I think Spain too. Uh, then Belgium, Italy. This, 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 this. Like before the tournament, this would have been touted as like the best game out of the out of the four, and it probably still will be. But without De Bruyne and Hazard, I'm just it won't be as good of a game. That's it. It, it could be negative, right? Yeah. From Belgium. Yeah. Like they they could just try and do what they did um, towards the end of the uh, Portugal game. Um, and I, I, what I think you could see is, because uh, like, the way they were playing um, against Portugal is they had like a front three of Lukaku, Eden Hazard and De Bruyne. Uh, so what I, th- what I think you could see is that you could see Torgan Hazard move further forward and they bring on Dries Mertens to either side of Lukaku and they bring in Carrasco 
at that left wing back spot. Which is still a very good team. Yeah. But like I said, Kevin De Bruyne is arguably the best midfielder in the world So when he's fit. So it's, having, not having him is huge. It's a big loss for sure. But yeah, like, like you say, they, they, they do have depth. Um, bringing on Yannick Carrasco is, is, is not a bad thing. And moving Mertens in, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. Could potentially be quite negative because Belgium might set up that way. But yeah, but pre- predictions. How do we think it's gonna go? I feel like this 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 is where is this this is the true test for Italy. Like even without De Bruyne and Hazard, this is this is where we'll see if they like Belgium are the second ranked team in the world for a reason. Like like Italy, like Austria. I think I'm pretty sure are ranked outside the top fifteen. Okay, I'll have, to, I'll have to fact check that later, but I'll be pretty confident in saying that they're ranked outside the top 15. Uh, so, yeah, this will be a, a big test for Italy. Um, but I do think missing those players that Belgium are missing, I think I can see Italy like grinding this out in like extra time or penalties. Yeah, I, I, just 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 on paper, I think Italy have got have, have got the better team, and I, I think therefore they'll they'll get up. But yeah, it'll, it'll be close. It'll, it'll be, be really a close, close one. Yeah. Yeah, I'm. I'm sort of hesitant to to make two bolder calls after my um, round of sixteen predictions. Yeah. But. <laughs> now we'll, we'll go through. We'll go through our predictions uh, of terms of scores after we've gone through all the games. But um, lastly, uh, Czech Republic versus Denmark. I do think Czech Republic's been good and deserve to be where they are. But I, I, I Denmark were my pick for surprise package, and I do think they're going all the way to the potentially going all the way to the final. Like they'll like if and and like if they win and we win like I'm scared of that matchup in the semi-final so I've, I've got Denmark winning this one yeah I, I, I think again they're just like that that really solid unit I suppose they're coming up against a Czech team that is also a, a, a solid sort of team um, but then again it comes down to like they've just got more quality yeah. all over the pitch while they are as well a very pragmatically set up team exactly they've got those extra little bits of talent that, that, that might take them further but it's that's 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 going to be a great game. Yeah, I, mean, and I think that could go again the the distance. You reckon the penalties? <sighs> right. Okay. Let's, let's get into our predictions. Let's get a scoreline predictions. People people love to hear it, and we also we love to be right if we do eventually get them right. Which which one are we starting? with? Uh, we'll start with what we just said. Oh no, we'll we'll go down in order of like uh, when they'll be played. So Spain, Switzerland first. I reckon. Two nil to Spain, um, and it'll be done done in ninety. I think without Shaka in the heart of that midfield, I think they'll win three one. Three one. I reckon someone's going to score for Switzerland, but then Spain are just going to be too much. Yeah, a Shakiri worldie probably. Yeah, or a Sakovic header probably. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I got Spain three one. Um, Belgium versus Italy. You go first. <laughs> uh, so I've got really cagey game here. I reckon one all. Uh, Italy winning on penalties after extra time. Italy on penalties. Yeah. Maybe um, I'll, I'll, I'll say Belgium. Um, one all regulation time and three one after extra time. Three one after extra time. Yeah, yeah. cool. All right. Uh, Czech Republic Denmark. Uh, I've got I've got Denmark. In the in the ninety, winning this one, I reckon. Um, I reckon two two one. Yeah, I, I agree with the, with with the ninety because there's going to be goals in it. Hey, yeah. What'd you say? Two one. Two one. I go three one. Yeah, three one. Okay, yeah, cool. <laughs> and finally, uh, Ukraine versus England. I reckon. 
I reckon England are going to win this and not concede a goal again. I'm going to say 2-0 as well. Yeah, I'm, in the, in the 90, I, I will be surprised so. if um, we concede a goal. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to sound cocky, but just generally the way we've defended, I will be surprised if we concede a goal uh, in this game. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, I mean, I've got a hunch that Gareth's gonna play four at the back and play a more attacking team, not to like, you know, uh, disregard the defense, but I do it's think it's gonna be convincing, is it? It's gonna, be, I, I'm going, I reckon we're getting better as the tournament's going on. I'm going, I'm going, three nil, three nil. Yeah, I like it. I like, it's, it's definitely, yeah. I just we, we've, we, we've contained better teams. Um, yeah, it will take less containing, and there, there, there could be more, more going forward. Yeah. I like that, it. that that being said, this is tournament football, and you just never know. Like yeah. I'm not gonna put, I'm not, I wouldn't put money on any of these predictions. Yeah, because yeah, like like we said, that we we thought a lot of those round of sixteen games were sort of shoe ins, but they, they weren't. weren't. Uh, all and right, it was, and it was fantastic to watch. Finally, we are, we've talked a lot already, but finally, we can't uh, finish this podcast without talking a little bit about uh, two changes that have, that will have a big impact on the next Premier League season with regards to man- new managers at clubs so we'll start off with Tottenham uh, and we'll so they've just signed Nuno Espiritu Santo uh, the former Wolves manager I feel like this like I don't know why he was like their 11th or 12th choice I feel like it's a logical next step in his career Tottenham it's a bigger club I don't know if it's bigger money I don't know if it's more money to spend but it's it's a bigger club whose aspirations are a bit bigger than Wolves I feel like um, it's a it's a good fit I don't know if the football he plays is necessarily what Spurs fans would want to see, but... Yeah, I, I definitely think it's a good fit. I think the reason why he wasn't high on their, on their list was because they wanted a bigger name. Yeah. Because they, they do have those aspirations of being that um, Champions League team. But he, he, he seems good. I think he could spend the Kane money well, assuming that it goes through. Yeah. Yeah. How many Portuguese players is he bringing in? <laughs> Probably quite a few. Yeah, quite a few. <laughs> I also do. Yeah, it'd be interesting because he does play very like a defensive, quite negative setup. He plays three at the back. He plays wing backs, uh, and I do think the Spurs team has the players to do that because like Doherty has struggled at Tottenham as a right back, but will flourish if he moves back to a right back at, for a coach he's already played for. Yeah. Also, Reguilon, I think would work better if he just had more license to go forward. Yeah, for sure. Because uh, I think Reguilon played a bit of left wing back for Sevilla, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and then also, yeah, their centre backs in a back in a two can get exposed. In a three, could be more solid. Yeah. What have they got? They've got Roden, Sanchez, Alderweireld. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. If if they've got a bit more, yeah, a bit more security around them, they could look better. But he, he probably needs to bring in some centre backs yeah. if he's going to. And do also, Hoiberg is a two with a three and wing backs. Uh, around him in the Denmark team has looked good so again could look good could could be good in that system yeah I'd, I'd, I'd like to see Hoiberg play a bit more I don't know have a bit more freedom maybe because because he's looked so interesting to watch um, for Denmark but he's he's just not been that for Tottenham yeah well he's been he has been solid he just hasn't been like yeah he hasn't he hasn't been that sort of multifaceted player that he can be he's just been very like sideways defensive uh, but yeah, I think all in all, it's a good hire. It's it's a good it's a step in the right direction uh, for Nuno, and maybe not the the big name that Tottenham fans wanted. But like a reality check, you're not going to get a big name with the state the club's in right now. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, and 
Yeah, you need a manager, and it's not that many good managers. Around. Yeah, especially especially when all the ones you did interview, you said no. So yeah, and also yeah, the reality check is like you're about to lose your best player and the player that pretty much kept you relevant for the best part of the last four years. Yeah, and it's gonna be it's gonna be rough. But I think it's like, also it's also hard when Dan Levy's offering managers twelve dollars to spend in the yeah exactly <laughs> in the exactly yeah you uh, you can offer them a. a <laughs> a loaf of bread two bottles of milk and the chocolate bar <laughs> uh, alright and to wrap us up uh, we've got the, the former pantomime villain of Merseyside when it regards to Ever- Everton uh, Rafa Benitez Liverpool's former favourite son coming back and now coaching the blue side yeah of Merseyside crazy and yeah there's obviously a lot of um, unhappy Everton fans but, a lot but my my view on it personally is that I don't know if 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 we're gonna if we're gonna want to challenge for okay so the 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 reason this thought came into my mind is something Jamie Carragher said about the the most recent Merseyside Derby that we won, and he he talked about he he spoke about how um, Ancelotti took the emotion out of the game and we just approached it like any other game and we got the first win at Anfield in a very very long time. I think if we're gonna want to be a club that is pushing for top six and consistent European football whether it be Europa League or Champions League, you need to sort of take that, you know, some comment he made, essentially throwaway comment after a game, which was in reference to the team, not the club. Um, Just need to not get so emotional about those sorts of things and see that he is a proven Premier League manager um, who wants to be there for a long time. He's based in, in Merseyside. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's good. I'm, I'm happy with it. Like, People are treating this okay, and this is what I've talked about before with Wilbur Affair. People are treating this as if like Jose Mourinho signed for Arsenal. Yeah. It's not that. Yeah. Like Jose Mourinho, like utterly disrespected, disrespected in multiple times, the greatest coach Arsenal's ever had, and disrespected the club as well, like multiple times. Benitez said one offhand thing ten years ago. Like, yeah. and he also, I've seen a video of him address the comment. And it wasn't it, it it wasn't because he's now linked with the Everton job. It was while he was still um, coaching in or managing in China, and he, he explained the comments saying that the the way Everton played that day against Liverpool was indicative of being a small team, and it's it's not a small. And club. to be fair, back then, like Everton weren't that big a team. We like, are a s- small club, relative yeah, like, to Liverpool. <laughs> relative to the top six, Everton are a small club. Like that's just that's just the nuts and bolts of it. Yeah. Another thing I've heard people say that like is that it's a bad signing because Rafa Benitez is like quote unquote washed because of like how poorly he's been doing in China. But it's like any manager who could go to China would have a hard time in a climate and a country like that. Like. It would be an incredibly hard place to go where like none of the players would barely speak English or Spanish, like be and like try and like trying to coach through an interpreter would be ridiculously hard. Yeah. So I don't I don't think that's an indictment on how well he would do in the Premier League. I think what it is what is a indicator of how well he would do in the Premier League is what he was doing with Newcastle and what he would have done if he had got backed by Mike Ashley, which would have been very good things. They were on the up before. Yeah, and a, a lot of Newcastle fans really liked him and really resented Mike Ashley for not backing him. Exactly, and and yeah, he's he's a manager who, yeah, well, what we what we need is is stability, and that's what we thought we were going to get with Ancelotti. Um, what we need is stability, and hopefully he can provide us with that. I would say though that 
if he does have a bad spell, the scrutiny is going to be intense Ridiculous. from the fans. Yeah, yeah. So well, that will be hard. This is, yeah, this is and this is a, a lot of stuff I've seen online. Everyone being like Everton fans, being like, I've been a fan of this club for thirty-five years, and I've never seen something like that. You know, it's an absolute disgrace. But like, it's like it's it's it's, it's like you know, people need a reality check. Like, this is this is like top level football. It's not like a you know, bro code type deal. Exactly. You know what I mean? like, exactly. Yeah. You like, need to take the emotion out of it. Exactly. If you want to be a legitimate big club. And like, and like, who knows? Like he may have rough, rough patches, but, it, but if the season ends next season and, and, and Everton scrape in with seventh or sixth and get a Europa League spot, then they'll be fucking singing Rafa Benitez at the pubs. <laughs> like, and be fucking, how good was that season? Rafa they always loved him. You know, it's just like, Football fans are fickle at the end of the day. Yeah, if if he wins, yeah, there's there's no problem, and yeah, he's it's not a bad guy. Just, yeah, I'm 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 I for one am happy. Yes, yeah. and I hopefully for... we can bring in Denzel Dumfries as soon as possible <laughs> <laughs> and shore up and just like you know, yeah. and he's he's got definitely got work to do with regards to transfers bringing in. That's yeah, for sure. Yeah. Anyway, as we as we embark on almost uh, well, embark as we approach hitting fifty minutes of the podcast, it's been a good one. Lots of lots to talk about. We will now bring it to a close. Uh, there's four uh, four yeah four massive games uh, over the, over Saturday and Sunday in the Euros, which we'll, I'm sure we'll have lots to talk about next weekend. And uh, the transfer humdrum has started to get louder and louder with in with the decibels uh this is a really poor analogy from me (laughs) but anyway yeah the 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 transfer rumor wheel is starting to pick up speed uh with likes of sancho being fees agreed or agreement terms and principle agreed and leicester just signing a player i've never heard about that apparently is really good and that's and ducker and uh arsenal bidding for various players and looking about and about to sign two players here we go confirmed according to Fabrizio Romano so yeah we'll there'll be plenty more Smith Road to Aston Villa plenty more transfers to talk about and four huge Euro games to talk about next week when uh, you join us again as always if you've liked what you heard what should they do Wilbur? Um, follow us on um, Spotify <laughs> no social media Instagram, Instagram. Yeah, follow, yeah like us and follow us on, Sp- on Spotify and follow us, us on, the, on the Instagram it's 40 yard underscore switch uh, anyway uh, yeah that's it from us tune in next week and yeah go England it's coming home it is.